with a different taker That's what makes our show great It's Sports Week Podcast It's Sports Week Podcast Hello everyone and welcome to the Sports Week Podcast, Episode 8 my name's Liam. I'm here with my regular co-host to my right, Damo. How you going, buddy? G'day, Liam. How you going? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I've also got Neil here as well. How you going tonight, mate? Not too bad. Yourself there, Liam? Going very well. Thanks, Neil. And also, we've got back from the Magoos from his run in the seconds last week. Daniel is back. How you going, Daniel? Very well. Very well. Putting the hard work, uh, the hard yards on the track this week, and I'm uh, thrilled to be back. How was it in the twos? Oh, it was a learning curve, you know. I uh, <laughs> picked up a few uh, <laughs> few new skills and, uh, yeah, ready to hit it hard again this week. Just curious, how many blokes did you call to mate or like, here, mate, here, mate, <laughs> kick it here, kick it here? <laughs> a few of them. Uh, <laughs> fair to say, I didn't know many names, but, uh, yeah, I was a standout performer in the twos. So, yeah, happy to be back. 32 disposals or something? <laughs> and then some. Well, we're looking forward to a more polished performance from you this week, Daniel, so uh, stay tuned. I wouldn't go too far. <laughs> now, also, we've got back, fellas, by popular demand, the sixth band of the year. Nate is back. Welcome back, Nate. Mr. Right, hey. Hey. Thank you, Liam. Thank you, fellas. By popular demand, or I've just got a very good contract? Little from column A, little from column B, but yeah. we're very happy to have you back. Yeah. I, I heard he just didn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep here. <laughs> no, no, we must admit, on a serious note, serious note, I should say, you were very good last week, Nate, so happy to have you back on board for another week. Now, boys, we've got a massive, massive show this evening. We've got the brand new segment debuting tonight, which, of course, Damo is called... The Great Debate. <laughs> the Great Debate. Oh, a lot of work yes. went, went into that title. Uh, so basically, <laughs> it's going to be when two of us have a very strong and very differing view on a particular topic. We're going to slug it out debate style. And the first up first up for the debate this week is myself and Daniel. And we're going to have a nice little chinwag about who is the GOAT of basketball. Is it still MJ Michael Jordan or is LeBron now taking over? So we're very much looking forward to that, Daniel. Would you agree? Yeah, I can't wait, actually. It'll be good to uh, actually speak to you again next week once we've got this thing out of the way. I think tensions (laughs) have been running pretty high since we uh, figured out that we're going to be discussing this one tonight. So looking forward to it. I can guarantee there will be blood, and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode. Trust me, it'll be good. <laughs> That'll be coming up at the end of the episode. Uh, we've also got plenty of AFL. We're going to have an NBA discussion again with the playoffs, Nath, heating up. Absolutely. It's uh, been fantastic. I just actually stayed home today and watched the game today, so I've got a good insight hey, for you guys. Sicky. Good Looking work. forward to that. But, fellas... As always, to kick us off, we're going to start with our sinners and winners of the week. Uh, for those listening that for the first time, just basically it's our individual highlight and lowlight of the sporting week. Someone who's done good and someone who's had a had a mare, fair to say, Domo? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. So to kick us off, let's give the new ball to the man who's back from the Magoos. Daniel, take us away. Thank you very much. Uh, good segue because I'm going to actually uh, launch into a scathing attack on oh my uh, uh, sinner or sinners, I should say, this week. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, good leverage as well for those of you who listened to last week's Please podcast. Please be who I think it is. Would have heard Liam and Damien's <laughs> views on yes. Melbourne victory taking out... Not their first, not their second, not their third, but their fourth championship <laughs> of the A-League. These two absolute buffoons. Keep the microphone away from your mouth, please, Damo. I'm speaking. These two oh absolute buffoons with their smug assessment of the final. <laughs> We're spinning truth, Damo, weren't we? They launched an outright attack. <laughs> An uninformed, uneducated attack on a poor and unsuspecting Nilo, who was probably still (laughs) hungover. He was probably still hungover from the previous Saturday night after celebrating winning the championship for Melbourne Victory. Not him personally, but (laughs) one of the main points that actually came out of this was you two saying, oh, the linesman should have raised his flag. He should have done this. He should have done that. Notice he's putting on the Aussie accent. That's very inappropriate. (laughs) What I'm concerned about, he's he's accusing poor Nilo of uh, being an alcoholic and... and (laughs) And and, Nilo can't stick up for himself. And and secondly, we only call it as we see it. Yeah, it was a press release. It was an absolute (laughs) debacle of an assessment. It was absolute shit. You guys had no idea what you were talking about, and all of it stemmed from sheer and utter jealousy. I've actually got the press release still here. Gentlemen. (laughs) Gentlemen. 
we will talk about this once will you we? guys win one. One. Maybe <laughs> one. We have won four championships. Out of 13. What's that got to do with what happened last week, though? So, what's the issue over here? So, should we be tarnished because of the fact that we won it? Pray for of, Newcastle, Damo. Pray because for of Newcastle. a technology blip. One by default. Exactly right. We, who, whose name's going to be down in the record books? It'll, it'll always be stained. It'll, be, it'll look like a, like a book with a coffee stain on it. You know, you pick it up and you'll go back to that moment and you'll look, remember. The fact is, Damo, mate, we've got four of them. You've got absolutely none. Maybe you guys Let's should Let's read it out, Damo. FFA's head of Hyundai A-League and Westfield W-League, blah, 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 Gregor Rourke, said that according to the technology partner Hawkeye, the capture software that uploads the broadcast feed into the VAR system was partially lost 30 seconds before victory's goal due to a malfunction of the software. It was not until some minutes after the goal that this was restored and they decided it was too late to change the decision. So well, during the game, they actually knew it was the wrong decision, but despicably left it. See, going back to <laughs> going back to Dan's uh, sinner from the other week. No, no, I'm I'm picking up where you left off. Where, where where did it occur where they brought the players back in at halftime when you were ah, talking yes. about the when Germany. they reviewed the oh, was in that. Germany was it? Yeah, so in in a second division. Yeah, not like the top flight in that country or anything like oh, that. Oh boy, good yeah. point. Yeah. So this is like the the showpiece of of professional sport for that particular code in this country. Yeah, they knew they got it wrong. Yeah, wasn't a game. It was a shame, Damo. So, <laughs> so, Vars, so Vars teething problems are, are Melbourne Victory's problems, or we we never said it was Melbourne Victory's yeah. problem. We we just but merely stated that. For Newcastle. So VAR actually does state that if the game is actually restarted, then it's too late to actually call it back. So yes, they knew. However, within the rules, you can't call it back once the game is restarted. Isn't that a terrible restarted. rule? Then, when during the game you know you've made the wrong you decision. You tell me, mate. All I'm saying is our fourth <laughs> championship. Move on. Pray for Newcastle. Very sad. Yes, yeah, very, very sad. sad. Moving along, Daniel. Anyway, win something, <laughs> fellas. Uh, my winner for the week, uh, I, it's hard to go past. I'm going to change my tack completely, and uh, it's going to be the Boston Celtics. They're up 2-0. Uh, they're basically, well, they're missing Hayward. They're missing Irving. They're, they're, being, they're glued together, basically, at this point in time. There's masking tape holding them together. Everyone thought that they were going to limp through it. When they didn't win the East, they, they got knocked out by the Toronto Raptors. Well, they didn't, got knocked off top spot uh, by the Toronto Raptors. And then they went and got swept by LeBron, uh, the Raptors did. Now, the big difference over here is the simple fact that Boston ain't scared of LeBron. They've gone up 2-0. She's uh, gone early on the debate, boys. They're missing <laughs> Irving and uh, missing Hayward. <laughs> oh, and they've boy. had plenty of injuries and suitably my uh, winner of the week. I actually caught the Cavs-Celtics game yesterday and they, they, they look like a tough defensive side as well. Like they, they look like they're pretty strong on that end. It's old school Eastern Conference basketball and um, even uh, Ben Simmons in game five uh, when Boston actually beat Philadelphia. I think it was probably, well, it would have been his first time playing in Boston in the playoffs. He just couldn't speak highly enough of their fans and how hard it is to actually play over there in Boston. From what I could see, they're all over LeBron like a cheap suit, so they, they did pretty well. They were. Um, he went and scored 40-plus points in game two. So <laughs> As he does. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of NBA to come. We'll visit that later on. But Boston Celtics, my winner of the week. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Nath. Beautiful. Thank you, Dan. So, I'm going to go uh, with a sinner, and I'm sure you boys have heard the news about the new uh, laws coming in for sports gambling. Have you heard about that? In America? No, here, here. Okay. So can't say that I have, to be honest. That's Mm-mm. all right. I'm about to inform you. <laughs> all right, I, uh, go for it. <laughs> I read some very reputable news, Neil. I can inform <laughs> you. But um, so uh, online bookmakers in Victoria will be taxed the lowest rate in the country. So Victoria will now have an eight percent tax. Will apply to bookma- uh, bookmakers' monthly winnings. Um, it's it's estimated to raise about thirty million a year. So Victoria awesome. have fallen well short of other states, which means. They have uh, other states around about that 15% mark, which means it's going to open it up for more. Are you ready? Gambling advertising. No. (laughs) Yes, that's what we want. Oh, man, give me a spell. Seriously, every single second ad, sports bet this, cash back that. Mate, I've had an absolute gut full of it. Yeah, so look, Victoria obviously dropped the ball here. So anyone with families, it's not a good look for kids, obviously, and they're just freeing up more money for sports online gambling. So I'm going to send you a sports bet. We've had a gutful. 
True. Massively. Just further to that point, Nate, the other downside to the tax that they're going to introduce is it's going to be the, the end of the uh, bonus bets and oh, cashback no. offers. Have you, have you heard about this? Gone, is it? Yeah, well, apparently oh, no. uh, a fair whack of that comes out of that 30 mil. Wow. And by uh, increasing the tax that the bookmakers have to pay, apparently they fear that that's the end of the uh, bonus bets. So, Interesting. Uh, Crown bets, see you later. Yeah, very much so. And look, thank God they can't advertise uh, that sort of stuff in the AFL or else I'd be sick to death of it because haven't they banned it in the AFL, I'm pretty sure. Have they? Yeah, they have. Not not that I've noticed. You'll notice there's no AFL um, betting at all. I did hear all. something about that, there's yeah. There's no AFL advertising, or advertising for any betting games. companies during the game. Yeah. All I know is watching the NBA as well on ESPN, it hasn't been banned, but it's been toned down heaps. It actually just got legalised yesterday in America. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, you know, it was only legal in Vegas. It's yeah. now um, nationwide. Right. There you go. I was there just saying with the footy on the weekend, all I see is crown bet all over the, oh, yeah, the signs. Yeah. The signs and stuff, yeah, but on TV advertising and what have you, and during the game and bringing the odds and stuff, they're not allowed to do it anymore, which is good. That's good news. That's good news. And I'll uh, quickly switch to my uh, winner. The NBA lottery uh, draft was held yesterday. Uh, nice. And look, what a fantastic concept. So it's not like AFL where the bottom team gets the first pick. Yep. So everyone goes into a lottery. If, if you've had a bad year, you, you get more of a chance, obviously. Your odds increase. Uh, so yesterday's winner was the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So anyone following the NBA, they haven't seen much success about a decade yeah. Um, so yeah they got the number one pick and Liam you'll be happy to know the Clippers actually picked up two of the picks <laughs> two in the top rounders. 14 how the hell did that happen where'd you get those picks from yeah I think one was our own <laughs> and one was part of the Blake Griffin trade I believe Beautiful. Well, that's good, mate. You got 12 and 13. So, <laughs> last, last year was Donovan uh, Mitchell, obviously, which yeah, proved out spider. to be uh, yeah. the top scorer of the year amongst yep. the rookies. And going back a few years now, uh, Charlotte actually had 13 pick, which ended up being the great Kobe Bryant, which they forwarded onto the Lakers. Ooh, there you so, go. Uh, some good news for the Clippers fans there. Very good news. So, NBA draft lottery. Really enjoyed it. I think AFL could take a page out of the book. So, that's my winner. I'm going to pass it on to Liam. Thank you very much, Nate. Now, I'm going to start off with my winner. It's actually a bit of sad news. I'm not sure if you boys caught up with this in the last couple of days, but probably one of the most well-loved commentators in Australian history has hung up the microphone. I think I know uh, where you're yes. going with this one. Bill Laurie yes, has yep. called it a day, which is, yeah, very sad. I think with Channel 9 losing the rights, he's just he is Channel 9. Like There was no way he was going to go over to Fox Sports or Channel 7 at his age, in his 80s, but he has just been... The voice of summer, Neil, would you agree for our yeah, whole absolutely. lives? Absolutely. Bill Laurie absolutely loved his commentary. Got him, yes, piss off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been unbelievable, Bill Laurie. So we salute you, Bill, and uh, all the best in retirement. Now, my sinner of the week is also on a cricketing theme, Damo, and it's actually the Victorian cricket team. Oh, what now, do they do? Again, I'm not sure if any of off you boys season, have, isn't it? it is the off season, Neil. Don't know if you've caught up with the news, but they've made the decision this week after 20 years to scrap their nickname of the Bush Rangers. No, no way. Why would they do that? They've done it more so to... Too offensive, is it? Or? Not too offensive, just to declutter was the word they used in their release. They've said with all the big bash teams and, you know, renegade, scorchers, stars, they just want Victoria. They're now known as the Victorian cricket team. That oh, is it. man, that's terrible. That's so you think with all the crap cricket's been through recently, we'd, we'd only go over it. Obviously, what's happened with Warner and Smith and co, you think the one thing they probably need is to promote the game to kids. And obviously, we know kids love advertising and yeah. merchandise. Mm. And that's, it, was, it was a great nickname, the Bush Rangers. It was oh, very sure. popular. It was different. Yep. So that's just a pathetic move in my eyes, which will probably backfire. So I'm giving them my centre of the week, the Victorian cricket team, whoever the hell made that decision anyway. Yeah, disgraceful. So Fair call. We'll move, move it on to Neil. All right, no worries. And further, just to clarify something I said before about the AFL gambling, it's before 8.30 you're not allowed to show you gambling ads or odds or anything in the AFL. Doesn't stop me gambling anytime, Neil. So. <laughs> <laughs> me either, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, my winner of the week, I'm going to start off on a positive note, is Ben Ronke. Now, I don't yes, know yes. if you caught this on Swans, Friday Swans night. I'm player. pretty sure you would have caught this. Sensation. But, uh, Absolutely magnificent. Third game, I think it was a handful of kicks, seven goals, including the match winner. You can't go past that. That is an absolute winner of a and performance. And ten tackles. And yeah. ten tackles. Seven exactly. goals, ten tackles. Insane. What an effort, and good on your son, and I hope you have a very long career at Sydney Swans or wherever you choose to be at, maybe uh, down south in Essendon or something, if you want to. <laughs> he looked pretty good, didn't he? Did you actually watch the yeah. game? Brilliant. He, d- he didn't look like a third gamer. Yeah. 
Uh, absolutely fantastic and good on him. And I was just going to say, he was on um, the Essendon watch list uh, oh, no. in 2016. Oh, of course he was. He was. Who Essendon else was? Had him. Wayne Carey, Lee Matthews. No, I, saw, I saw that in my <laughs> reputable news today. I think, I think they went ahead the... and got Tony Delaney instead, uh, didn't they? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it just shows you what uh, Dodoro's still got a job. It's incredible. <laughs> anyway, um, that's the Essendon recruiting manager, if you don't know. Um, my <laughs> sinner of the week is... None other than the AFL Tribunal. Now, I think that uh, we'll discuss this probably in a bit more depth later on, but my goodness, what are they doing down there? I mean, one week ago, or a few weeks ago, I should say, Tomahawk got the one week for touching an umpire Mm -hmm. uh, intentionally, and then both uh, both Kerno brothers, I don't know if anyone caught it, but yep. they were both reported for touching umpires on the weekend in the Carlton Essendon game. I think Sam Day from Gold Coast also got brought up. So what happened is the AFL actually appealed their own tribunal. So both got off. Both got off because they were both classed as careless mm-hmm. um, instead of being intentional. Mm-hmm. And then the <laughs> AFL actually uh, appealed their own tribunal, yep. which is ridiculous. And uh, it's only the second time it's ever happened. Of course, the last year was Bakahooli. Uh, or was it last year or a few years ago? I think it might have been, yeah. But regardless, it's only the second time it's ever happened. And today... And he got a week tonight, didn't he? Yeah, he got Ed? A, Ed, Ed got a week tonight. And still, Charlie got off. Mm-hmm. And after seeing both of those incidents, probably fair. I think that uh, Charlie wasn't even looking at the umpire when he brushed him off. I think, Nath, you did mention this last week, just under any circumstances, even if it is accidental, just don't put your hands on any Absolutely. sort of official. It's just you're asking for trouble. Yeah, it has to be black and white with those sort of things. The kids yeah. are watching and whatnot. Any sport. Yeah, not just oh, footy. True. But what surprises me is how much they allow it to do it in soccer. Like you see overseas and what have you. That's a good point. They literally mm. push the referee. They touch them. <laughs> they, you know, it's ridiculous. NBA uh, Body well. slam them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> body slam, probably not that far. But uh, no, they definitely manhandle the referee in uh, in soccer. So, it needs um, to be a zero tolerance. It has to be consistent it across be. the board. It absolutely. should be, in, in absolutely. All Absolutely, I agree with you That's there, Dan. That's a fair sinner. Uh, all right, and I'll throw over the l- last but not least to Damo. Why, thank you. My sinner of the week was actually the same as Neil's, and I'll just expand it on a, a fraction. The AFL Tribunal had an absolute shocker this wow. year. Like, are people suspended? Are they not suspended? What What on earth is going on? Like, not, not just in relation to the umpire decisions as well, but also in the Swans game, Luke Parker's bump. Yep. Other blokes had been rubbed out for that previously. Now they're not. And even the um, concu- oh, the, the hit on uh, Higgins in the North Melbourne game mm-hmm. the other week. Like, what is going on down there? Nobody, nobody knows. Does it come down to the fact that now we've got just the one person making the decision? Which is very odd, isn't it? Michael Christian. Michael Christian on the mm-hmm. weekend. So it's one-man tribunal up until if he wants to refer it to the three-man tribunal? System. Does it come down to that, do you reckon, or is it... I think think some of it's coming down to who's got the loudest voice and, and that sort of thing it's as well. It's only his voice, like, I think that's the problem. No, no, yeah. n- not necessarily in that. Like, with the way the media beat things up and then the coaches' retorts to True. whatever's happening seems to have an effect on what people sort of come out and perceive it. And you look sort of, I guess, like what happened the week before when Tommy Hawkins just copped it sweet, yeah. and then to this week, you know, they're quite on the front foot and saying, oh, it was incidental, this, that, yep. and the other. And it seems to be that because they were sort of got that out into the media beforehand, right. yeah. that, mm. that it seemed to have an effect on the decision. So weird. One of the best tweets that I saw about this whole fiasco was from actually Titus O'Reilly. Uh, on oh, his great. Titus. He's a supporter. Uh, yeah, he, he is. is. He is. Uh, he's a funny man. But, um, yeah, he's actually put out a little bit of dialogue. So, AFL, you can't touch umpires. It's very simple. Also the AFL. Sometimes you can, though. Also the AFL. And in addition, you can't. So <laughs> that pretty much sums up the clarity behind the whole thing over here. What is absolute? What is actually going on? It's very strange. I don't think anyone knows. Sounds like a decision with uh, discussion with the missus at home. You can, you can't, you can. <laughs> also, you can't. I've got to say, on Titus, yeah. uh, I saw an awesome tweet today. Has everyone seen that meme about the 121-year-old uh, woman going around on Facebook? No. no. Said, well, she said she's the most miserable person. She thinks it's God's punishment that he won't let her really? die. And he's retweeted. He said, must be a Melbourne supporter. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, hurt a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. On to the winner of the week. Bit of a positive note. Jockey James McDonald. J-Mac. Uh, you yes. boys would be familiar with his work. I am. Not so much. Sensational Sydney jockey. 
he came back this week after an 18-month ban. Uh, we won't get into what that was all mm-hmm. about, but um, good to see him back. Quality jockey, over 1,000 wins. Uh, he won a couple of Group 1s, the Epson Turnbull Stakes. I think he won a Golden Slipper too, didn't he? I'm pretty sure that he did. But, um, yeah, he'd come back, and he come back a winner. He rode uh, his first ride back for the Chris Waller-trained horse um, one. So I think that was at Warwick Farm. So, good yeah, winner James McDonald, welcome back. Welcome back indeed. Now, we'll move it along, boys, and uh, we might as well stick with the AFL theme for now. Now, actually, before I do proceed with what's transpired in the last round of footy, mm-hmm. during the week, Damo's came to me privately, fellas, and said, just give me five minutes to myself on the show this week. I've just got a couple of things I've got to get off my chest and take care of. So Is he said, the grill back? The grill may be back. Right and uh, Yeah, he's... He's not even on the rundown, but Damo's just told me, give me five minutes and I'll do the rest. So, Damo, take it away. Well, seeing that uh, someone had the luxury of not fronting up to the griller <laughs> last week, we <laughs> felt that... Uh, it's going to be a big knife, We I would uh, give him his opportunity. So, Daniel, how are you feeling? Very well, sir. Very you got, well. A, got a towel Beads there or sweat, something just to oh, I'm cool doing yourself fine. down? Cool as a cucumber, Damo. Come at me. Come at me. <laughs> All right. Essendon Football Club. Oh, no. Things going well there, mate? Or <laughs> Things are uh, most certainly not going well, no. So, I, I take you back to a moment in time, oh, I don't yeah. know, late March. A trip down memory lane, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know, the 28th to be specific, around about 9.25am. Edging into my birthday, yep. There was a, a Twitter post that was uh, very happy to see the re-signing of Mr. John Worsfold. Oh, you, you've gone and stalked me, have you? <laughs> Well, it's, it's common knowledge. Well, it wasn't actually me that looked it up, to be honest. It, yeah. it came from a very reliable source, and very not, reliable. Not one sitting across the table from me by any chance. <laughs> I don't give away my sources, Daniel, so... <laughs> you don't have to. I don't believe you have Twitter, I was going to say, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it came from a very reliable source and it wasn't myself. So, what are your thoughts on, on that particular statement now? Uh, yeah, I was happy with it, but um, I'm not going to delete it. Uh, I'm not going to delete the tweet because that's how I felt at that point in time. Deleting's cheating, Damo, in the in, in the Twitter sphere. So <laughs> you got to uh, cast your mind back to what came before John Worsfold and look. Wow. Uh, <laughs> one of the blokes uh, yeah, was uh, probably at the centre of one of the worst <laughs> sagas that I've seen in my life. Another bloke stepped in and is currently, well, he's been charged with trafficking ice. Uh, so excuse me for my optimism at uh, the club poaching someone with half a football brain, but. Can I just say something? Damo's just sent out a 200k thunderbolt for his first question. I think Miles has hit a forehand winner return, man. This was a pretty good return, so. I don't know how many questions Damo's got, but that's 1-0 to Daniel, I reckon. <laughs> lucky, lucky tennis isn't all over in one point, boys. <laughs> oh, here we go. So, uh, I've had a, a bit of a chat with another good Essendon man um, that follows the show, Sean. No, you'd be familiar with Sean. Yes, Sean. Good good uh, friend of the show. Gets around us. Gets around us, definitely. And you sort of just asked him for his thoughts on you know where the uh, Essendon Football Club's at at the moment and po- some possible solutions as well. Um one of the things he did elaborate on was, uh, and, and I'll get your thoughts on these points, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Lloyd mentioned that you're no longer a great club. So why do you think that is? Well, it starts again with the saga that ensued. Um, we obviously didn't bring in the right people. The people that did come in weren't accountable. Where do I go from here? I mean, we are still a great club in terms of being a strong club. We have uh, a presence in the AFL. And I mean, how many clubs can rival that? We've got 73,000 plus members, diehard members. This is after all the shit that these people have actually been mm. through. So, the fabric of the club is is strong. So well, I Damo disagree. might be sweating a bit. <laughs> I, 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 I disagree entirely with Matthew Lloyd there. I love that bloke, absolutely. But we are definitely a big club. Fair enough for the fans. And I'll actually agree with that. I, I had the benefit of sitting with the loyal Essendon fans the day that you beat Melbourne at the MCG. when With the top-ups playing? With the top-up <laughs> players, yeah. And, um, Mark Jamar was captain did, of it. did happen to see uh, how together you all, all were. But I guess one thing that is apparent is there's that solidarity isn't apparent from the people who... Not, I wouldn't say that matter the most, but the people who are involved in this day in, day out. And I mean, one of Sean's other points is he doesn't think that the club as a whole bleed red and black. Do you think that's the case? Well, you might have a little bit of a point there. If you look at the club from an operational perspective, I think that's where it's all fallen to pieces. So whoever's yep. strategizing everything in terms of uh, the channels of communication, which is 
so obvious. I mean, mm. you've got assistant coaches that aren't allowed to actually speak to the coach during <laughs> yeah. the course of the game. The people that are actually not only trying to implement this, but the people that are approving this within the club, uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. Operationally, right now, it, it, it's shit. Yeah, that's what his thoughts were. Another thing that he was quite strong on was that the fact that the club's currently looking at so many other av- avenues like the NBL and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Is that something that should E-League. be happening when the club's still, I guess you could say, in recovery mode? Look, yes and no. Uh, I think it's important to make sure that our brand actually does stay strong. And I actually drew this reference. I can't remember who I was speaking to not long ago. I drew reference and uh, it's almost comparable to what's happened at Arsenal. They seem to have actually sacrificed on-field success for the building of this kind of dynasty. Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of financially speaking, they are so, so far uh, ahead of what they were prior to Wenger. But the fans' frustration is the fact that it hasn't actually delivered on-field results. Mm. So, I fear that that's kind of the direction that Essendon seems to be heading in, not to the extent that Arsenal's actually gone in Arsenal in the EPL, of course, because that's a, that seems to be their strategy over the past 15 years over there. Uh, but Essendon, I feel, when, when I'm getting emails as a member of the club saying, hey, mate, what are your thoughts in terms of opening up an NBL team? Would you go and visit? Would you go Would you go for them? And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and the survey seems to take 25 minutes. It's like, guys, I don't really give a shit. Win a game, uh, mm. and then we can talk about this kind of stuff. Speaking of winning a game, have you got some actual on-field questions about the team? That's what it, it's, funny that you say, it's funny that you say that. Nice segue. Um, nice segue into the next question. So, with the, what are your thoughts on the development department at, at Essendon? Like, say, sh- myself and Sean sort of discussed, besides recruiting um, your first-round picks and, and players from elsewhere, are there many kids actually coming through the, the ranks? And, and by that, do they reward their younger players or, or do they just recruit from elsewhere? The middle part of the question, no, they don't seem to reward the younger players. But um, at the same time, it's a really, really weird situation because we've got young talent. There's no ifs or buts about it. Um, Darcy Parish can play. We've got McGrath. He can play. He's pick number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. We've got plenty of young talent that can play. My question is, though, what's happened to them this season? They all seem to have gone backwards and they look lost. Uh, that's my main concern with it. We can breed good players. Uh, in the VFL, we're going strong. Forgive me for not being able to mention too many names, but there's a lot of kids putting their hands up for selection. Uh, I think two debuting this week. Two debuting this week, thankfully, because it's about time that we actually do give these kids a crack. And, and what about the, I guess you, you mentioned that slightly, the leadership at the club at the moment on the field? Oh, the leadership on the field. And look, I don't, I don't want to point fingers. Point them. <laughs> That's well, what we're here for. If someone else does. <laughs> they, don't, they don't waste any yeah. time. <laughs> here we go. Um, I've actually been in a few heated discussions in relation to this. So the leadership group as a whole, I'm definitely for the way that, uh, and Liam strongly disagrees with me on this. Uh, <laughs> Liam, I know you think that there's a time and place, but the time and place is wherever when you're doing this shit. Uh, what are we- Who are you referring to? Uh, the Essendon Football Club. No, but I mean what? Brendan Goddard. Brendan Goddard, yep. If, if he wants to show that he gives a shit out on the field and he wants to point the finger at someone that he feels is not being accountable, I say do it. I say all of them do it. I don't want to hammer Heppel. He is a great, great player. As a leader, though, and as our captain, I, I actually have my reservations. A little bit soft, you reckon? Do, do you think yeah. that with uh, Goddard sort of being as vocal as what he is and then, I mean, for the next three weeks not even laying a tackle, how, do, Good. how does that happen? Like, if, you, if you're going to sit there and say, do this and do that, shouldn't you put your body on the line? Yeah, absolutely. This is what I meant by not wanting to actually point the finger because whose fault is it if none of them are showing actual leadership? My, my main concern over there as well, yes, it's shit that when one's getting belted up, the other ones don't run in, but they don't look like they know what they're doing out there. Game plan? And, and, and there's True. no game plan. So, this is from the guys that are leaders to the kids. They get the ball, they either go sideways or backwards. Mm-hmm. How are you going to show leadership with the ball in your hands when you don't know the game plan or you don't trust it? Mm. Uh, that I don't know the answer for. Would you agree from what we've seen on face value this year, the game plan Essendon are trying to implement is very different to what the top sides are playing with that pressure football inside forward 50. I've said it from round two, and I think it was you that I was talking to around two, at the actual round three, I think mm-hmm. it could have been. 
it's just astonishing, and I'm not sure if I should put this down to Worsfold's ignorance or, or, or his arrogance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have definitely not the, got the clientele to revolutionize this game <laughs> to become the next mm. Richmond. So, what do you do if you haven't got the clientele or the talent base to revolutionize a game? You copy. You copy a winning formula, which is the Richmond Football Club. Yeah. The rest of the league that's aspiring for anything is adopting this high-pressure pressure cooker type style yeah why we're trying to do something different is absolutely beyond me because we're nowhere near it now Mm. we saw uh over the weekend against carlton how (laughs) how how amateur we looked Mm. anyone who's like never even seen a game of football before could have turned on and seen that essendon's primary focus was holding the ball inside their forward 50 yeah we're patching up our game plan in what round Oh, eight or nine, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. So, and then we wonder why these guys look lost. Yeah. Are we changing it up every 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 week? Well, probably hence why Mark Neal got the ass during the week. I guess so something yeah. had to he happen. He was the key strategist. They say in the coach's box. Surely, it's a three hundred gamer shouldn't be shown how to act out in the out in the field and, and how to lead by example. Though, surely. Well, like I said, there's two different elements to leading by example. There's leading by example in terms of how well you adopt to the game plan. Uh, which for me is forgivable at this kind uh, point in time because no one seems to know what it is. What's unforgivable, though, is when someone's being bashed up by three opposition yep. players and the rest of these pansies run past. And uh, you know what? I shouldn't say pansies because, like, whatever. But are they together at all? Are they together? I wouldn't even focus on a game plan. I'd be talking about doing team bonding exercises at this point in time. Take them out go-karting, man. What I was get, saying get, last week, Get them week, to yeah. like each other again because that seems to be a massive, true. massive problem on the field. It's when exactly was it right. the other week? Who, who kicked their first goal in senior footy? Yeah, Kobe Much kicked his first goal in senior footy second game. I think only one player went up to him and it's got around him, which wasn't, it wasn't a good look. Yeah. The final thing that uh, myself and Sean sort of touched on was: Does the club sort of reward you know m- mediocrity? Like, are they are the players still getting a run because of what happened a few yep. years ago, or are, are some of these guys getting you know are, are they actually in the best eighteen? I, I agree with that a hundred percent. It's it's not so much rewarding mediocrity for all of them, but anyone in particular. Darcy Parrish. He got dropped tonight, we should say. We're recording this Thursday night. He did just get dropped. Which is perfect game because this week. You, yeah. you, you'd know that. I've been saying this for been three, he's due for a, a couple of weeks. He is due for a spell. Yeah. This is the first time he's ever going to go to the VFL. Yep. And he's been in the system for two years? Hmm. Two or three, I think. This two is his third or three. Year. Yep. So, he came in when we were an absolute rabble and we could barely field the team. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's just continued to play every game and it's, yeah. it, it, it's not right. He's going to have his off days, but he needs to learn what's going to happen when he has his off days three, four, five games in a row. Exactly True. right. Uh, a lot of people have been given a free pass because of that fiasco a few seasons ago, uh, but haven't actually had their comeuppance by being dropped in the In, in fairness, in the though, tiers. a lot of those players involved uh, are still our best players, let's be honest. Yeah. Heppel, Hurley. Yeah, Hooker. Hooker. A lot of these players, Belchamers, even though he's not a great player, Belchamers, he's probably having one of his better better seasons. He's been very good in the right I this think year. he's been fine for a while. I agree with you 100%. They yeah. are our best players. I would say, just sorry to cut you off, Dan, but I would probably say one of the main issues down there is definitely, I think Daniel did touch on it, but um, the development of the young players. You know, a lot of Essendon supporters, if you look at Essendon on Twitter, a lot of supporters got a lot to say about a few of the youngsters. Oh, yeah. Langford, Laverty, <laughs> always oh. seem to be in the gun. Yeah. Um, Aaron Francis, for different reasons. I think he's got a lot of talent, but yep. um, he's had some off-field issues. Pick but, five, uh, by the way, wasn't he? Pick five. He's got a lot of talent, but we unfortunately suffered from depression yep. over the preseason. And uh, he's coming back now, and hopefully he can go really well. But a lot of players, you said Parrish has stagnated as well. Yeah. Um, even Andy McGrath's probably not having as good a year as his first year, but he's a he sensational young player. Yep. So, yeah, I, th- I would think, you know, I, I don't think John Walsfold should go. You know, he, he's he's done a really good job up until this last probably six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's gone downhill very quickly. Yep. But I would say at the end of the year, maybe do a very similar thing to what Richmond did with Hardwick a couple of years ago when he was under a huge amount of pressure, if you boys yeah, remember, remember, and they yeah. pretty much cleaned the decks around him. Every assistant, every line coach yep. got the arse. All new people came in, and then look what happened. So, yeah. Yeah. I would say at the very bare minimum, give Warsfold. I know he's, I know he signed for the next two years after this year. I'd at least give him a year next year with a brand new team around him, with some, 
youthful assistant coaches who are more modern in their thoughts and game plans and yep. give it mm. a go. Um, would you agree with that, Daniel? Or? No, it's hard not to. I mean, look, I, I, I do. Like I said, I stand by my tweet. Uh, I, I was actually really, really happy to have Worsfold at the club. And look, the reality is we gave him a two-season extension. Uh, obviously, the way that we're set up operationally on game day is the ac- actual mm. problem at this point in time. Mm. I think that's a really good point. Get some uh, fresh blood in there yep. and um, start mixing it up. Sorry, Nilo. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, I was reading an article today by, uh, I think it was a senior football writer, and he was saying that, that he reckons that John Worsfold should go by the middle of the year if they, this performance continues. I, I kind of disagree with that. I Very good memory there, Liam, clear, cleaning the decks with Damien Hardwick. Mm, that actually yeah. worked a treat, didn't it? And, uh, you know, it, it's good that they've finally done something, like they've got rid of Mark Neald, the mm. the football, what was it? What's his role again? Exactly. He, was the, he was the head assistant, head of strategy or something. Yeah, yeah. To yep. be honest, along with the, what Richmond did with Hardwick, I know he's fallen on tough times now, this bloke I'm about to mention, but back in the Geelong days before their first premiership back in 07, if you remember, Damo, Bomber Thompson went through a very similar thing. Mm. Yeah, he was, he was pretty, in a, pretty close to getting the chop. Yeah, yep. huge, and they went through a huge full-scale six-month review, yep. and he somehow survived it. Same thing, got all new people around him, and then a bloody dynasty started. Yeah, so yep. it can change. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's time to completely... Just you know, get the pitchforks out and start yeah. dumping chicken chicken shit on uh, Windy Hill. But no. mm. they've definitely got a lot of work to do. They do, and I think it's uh, sorry, Nilo. Uh, definitely, I'll mention it again. It seems like my hashtag tonight, operational kind of thing. But I, I like the fact that we can actually have a balanced discussion about it. I read somewhere yesterday John Anderson's advice for Essen on three AW. Did you guys see this by any chance? I haven't. No. Quote: I tell you what, I'd start with no dreadlocks, no beards. No man buns. <laughs> I don't know. The captain, I'm presuming, by that. I don't know who John Anderson is, but I reckon a quick excursion outside of the 1940s may do in the world of good, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, hasn't Fife got a man bun for memory? He's, he's, I think he's, he does. he's yes. doing pretty well. Nick Nat, I reckon he's uh, rocking some dreadlocks. Uh, these blokes seem to be Max doing it. Gorn. Gorn's got a pretty good beard on him as well. Um, for those who don't know, Daniel's a feathered person himself, so probably he's... Uh, <laughs> Very well feathered. Yes, thank you, Liam. I was going to say as well, you got, and this is directed to Liam and Dan, yep. this week against Geelong, I mean, realistically, we're probably not going to come out a win. What do, what do you <laughs> hope to see um, in the Twilight game on a Saturday? All I would like to see myself is just some effort, get around each other, support these new kids in their first game. Uh, yeah. Dylan Clark and uh, Ridley. I'm not sure what Ridley's first name is, but Clark and Ridley, the two young kids in their first game, get around them. Hopefully they show a bit of promise. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, just see some good signs from the future. They're not going to beat Geelong. We all know that. But just see, you know. It's not out of the question. It. It's not out of the question, I'll be It's highly unlikely. But <laughs> it's highly unlikely. I just want to see the kids play well. That's yeah. Some of the kids play well. That's, That's all I want to see. Very well said. Me, personally, I'd like to see a little bit of cohesion on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see these guys playing for each other. And yeah. Just something that resembles a game plan. Uh, anything that resembles a game plan. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about I, it. I hear what you're saying. What what you mentioned before that what you hope may happen. But paint, hang on, he's got another grenade here, Damo. Look paint, out. Paint a scenario. Mm-hmm. You do lose the next four. You happen <laughs> to drop the game to Brisbane up in Brisbane. Yep. And then you're what two and what would that make it two ten. and ten? Mm-hmm. Does Worsfold survive that? Well, it depends on what we see in these four losses, mm. uh, these hypothetical four losses. If they're I mean, playing all kids. And- if they're playing kids and uh, we're going to finish, you know, dead last or something, then ha- hello, pick one. Uh, mm. <laughs> if the kids are out there, I mean, we've been through a season with top-ups and uh, how many games did we Still win? Still won three. We yeah. won three. One against the Dez as <laughs> well, which we've Demo's already touched mob. on. Uh, but what came out of that was McGrath. And we know that he's going to be a great player. The, whole, mm. the team as a whole, not just him, are going through a slump at this point in time. Silver lining in a competition, which is actually set up in this way, is that we get pick one. Eight weeks is a very long time in football. It's interesting. Brownie from uh, my favourite sports bet tipped the Bombers to get the premiership. I just eight or nine. Yeah, so did David wow. King, I think, as well. Tingy King. as well. Uh, yeah, he's going well. But, I mean, <laughs> eight or nine weeks later, Shout out to King is it listening. possible we're throwing in the towel saying play the kids, talking about potentially losing to Brisbane, mm. who's been at the arse end of the ladder for... 
five, six years. Yeah. I don't think it's probably throwing the towel yet. I mean, I still think we have the on-field talent. No doubt about it. The mm. actual, the, the materials are there. And if they can somehow pull it together, I mean, the first few games didn't look that bad. You know, when we got the win over Frio, we got the win over... No, no, we lost to oh, Frio. Sorry, we, we beat got, uh, Adelaide got the win Port over Adelaide. Adelaide and Port Adelaide, sorry. Um, you know, when we did those two wins, um, you know, we didn't look half bad, to be honest. So... You know, we, we could still bounce back. Is that it, Damo, for the griller? <laughs> I think footy's not a complicated game. And if you go out there and say, look, just beat your opponent, lay some tackles, put your body on the line, I yep. think Keep it simple. you'd see a lot better result. But True. That's anyway, cool moving result. on. So the rest of the AFL round. Hang uh, on a second. Sorry to cut you off. How did we think Neil Owen and Nath Daniel went under the grill then? Just well, you're right. Very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did better than me last week. I was not sweating. a bead of sweat on him, I tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool, calm, and collected. And I mean, Hutchie, look out. Damo's coming. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, moving moving along with the rest of the AFL round. So, Friday night saw a big game at the MCG. Huge. And um, the Swans, I'm sure, ruined a lot of people's footy tipping. I know they, they ruined mine to uh, win at the G. What did you, you boys think of the game? I would say my main takeaways: how much of just a great club is Sydney? They just—they've mm. been up for so long. Yeah, just keep unearthing players like this. Wrong kid. Who the hell is he? No one's ever heard of him. <laughs> just randomly kick seven goals. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can't kick seven goals in a game, uh, let alone like <laughs> ten tackles like this kid. Very but, true. But um, they're a great club. I love watching Sydney. Um, yeah, they're sensational. Oh, further than that, I love watching Sydney and Hawthorne. Yeah. How great's this rivalry been? Yeah, it has been. Let's not discount the Hawks. I mean, they lost by a couple of points in the last minute of the game. Yep. Sicily's an All-Australian, and it's great to see uh, Bruce and Gunston back into really good form from a couple of years ago. I also saw in the news today that Hawthorne and our favourites to land, Tom Lynch from the Gold Coast. Wow. wow. Well, there you so go. throw him in that forward line with uh, Roughhead and Cyril. Oof, They're back. W- would, you pay, would you pay Tom Lynch, what are they saying, $1.4 mil a year? He's a gun. What's 1.4 these days in AFL? It's probably not as much as what you'd think back in the day. I'd pay it. Still I think a lot. when Dusty's only on about a mil even. Yeah, but big key forwards don't grow on trees. True. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> I'm stumped. I finally stumped that moment. No, I was just, just thinking seems to be working well for GWS. And who who's the other key forward? Oh, uh, another team we were just talking about that uh, key forward was oh, struggling just a bit. Okay, yep. oh, yeah. Fair call. Uh, next game, uh, Eagles got the win over the Giants. Thoughts on, on the game there, boys? What's the matter with the Giants? Can someone explain this to me? Been saying this for a while, Neil. You have. I've got a list here. Uh, Phil Davis, Josh Kelly, Deledio, Toby Green, Tom Scully, Adam Kennedy. The list goes on. You that think is that a pretty big list. That explains it a bit. Can I veer off the on-field stuff for mm-hmm. just one moment? I, um, I flicked over and watched probably uh, a half to three quarters of this game and the main thing that I was looking at, like the crowd figure got released uh, after the game and they said there were about 9,000 there. They can't wow. draw a crowd, the Giants. They're, they're, were, how they Let's put a third counted, team there. I, yeah, exactly. Sounds like a good idea. To me, it looked not one bit over 5,000 people there. Now, Ridiculous. this is when Giants are this good. Like, what's going to happen yeah. with this club when they start losing it's a worry. games? They only had 6,000 to the Gold Coast game as well, and apparently 3,000-odd <laughs> Melbourne fans flew up for the 3,000 Melbourne? You don't That's get that to a game saying. at the MCG. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a nice, nice warm weekend in Queensland oh, yeah. in the middle of the cold True. Melbourne winter. Mate. Pretty appealing uh, option, I would have thought. Was that the Gabba, for starters? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. They don't play there. Yeah, it's, I know it's an hour drive, but there's a lot of traffic on that highway. There is. Yep. Just an hour drive is just coming in from the suburbs here in Melbourne, but anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you another thing, boys, that I took out of the round myself, and you did mention him a little bit earlier, Daniel, due to his hairstyle. Yep. Nat Fife is back to his absolute How best. How good is he? I think, I've said it before, like I know the bloke I'm going to mention is probably not the most popular bloke in foot at the moment, but he seriously reminds me, I've said it before, of James Hurd, the way he plays at his best. Yeah, that's really? a, that's it a good Reminds me call. of James Hurd. Yep. Just that bloke who can just play any position, yep. come from nowhere. Mm. Yeah. Superstar in that five. He's, he's in sensational form. Fair call. We got. A, I think we've spoken enough about the Bombers and uh, Carlton game. What do you think about Carlton though? Are they back or is it just us making us look bad? Them look bad. Charlie Kernow, he looks an absolute star. I must oh, say, is, I was there. He's incredible. Sitting very close to the fence. Yeah, uh, he's going to be a phenomenal forward, Charlie Kernow. You didn't lean over and yell some abuse or anything? No, no, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so it wasn't throw me. a beer at him or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> they were too good. The Blues. Any Tell ho- you what, any any team that has Harry Mackay, Paddy Cripps, yeah. even Cruiser, he's That's he's true. playing really, really well. He is definitely is. Any highlights uh, from the Demons win at all? Oh, it was, you know, <laughs> as to be expected, you know. No. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> 80, 80 point win. The, the thing out of that, and this probably says a lot, was I 
couldn't remember the last time the D's had won by over 10 goals against anybody. Mm. There you go. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the <laughs> the last time that we won three straight. That's yeah, true. it's a good point. <laughs> uh, gives a lot where we've come from, but they're, they're starting to look okay. But granted, over the last month, we haven't really beaten anybody. And um, I guess we've got Carlton this week, so hopefully we get the win and, you know, things probably start to get a bit more difficult from there. Other games, the Doggies got over the line against Brizzy. Jack yep. McRae, is he a Brownlow chance, boys? Smokey. Smokey, he's flying. He's, what, he's 47 a gun. odd touches on the, on the weekend? Was it really? I didn't realise it was that much. Gee whiz. 18 I- contested. I think also Massive. in that game, it's fair to say, for a side that hasn't won a game, Brisbane are very competitive in yeah. a lot of games. They are. They're looking right. pretty well. And they're a young side too, so they've got a pretty bright future. Yeah, the Doggies only got up by 14 points. Um, Frio over the Saints, no real surprises there. Nat Fife, super. Richmond beat a gallant North. Jed Anderson's having a pretty good year. So you're admitting they're gallant now, North, are you? You've been... Was it was a gallant, <laughs> gallant effort, but uh, no, they, they, they didn't get to win. They, they looked good. They almost took it, didn't they? Yeah. I tell you. They, they're having a great year, North. They almost took it from Richmond, and I think they're the real deal. I think we can call it now. I mean, Ben Brown, of all people, missed two crucial last quarter goals. Yeah. Richmond held on. Ben Cunnington was magnificent, yep. as, as Cotchin was for Richmond. They're definitely a surprise back of the year, North. No doubt about that. The Cats beat Collingwood. And one thing I've noticed over the over the last sort of few weeks, you, you see teams go out and they get beaten. They're this, they're that and the other. But somehow Collingwood manages to come out like a brave effort. You know, uh, <laughs> mm, That's lost, true, actually. They lost to um, Hawthorne, I think it was, and they're saying, oh, what a good effort it was. Melbourne lost to Hawthorne and, the, you know, it was catastrophic. And I think they might have something to do that Hawthorne kicked the last 16 goals in the game against you, but <laughs> just, just, nevertheless. Just, just, just point being, whoever Collingwood seemed to lose to, mm. and I think it was the same when they lost to Richmond, it was a brave effort. True. You know, it was this, it was that, and... Um, Speaking of that game, how good was Neil? You know his name, that new Geelong kid. Radicalia. Radicalia. He's a gun. Where have they got him from? Is he from the rookie list or somewhere? Or? Yeah, I can help out with that one. No? He's actually from Cobram. Um, Cobram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My wife actually taught him uh, in high school. There you oh, go. Boy. Yeah, yeah. And There's a link I wasn't expecting. There you go. I've just got yeah. a story for everything. But um, essentially, he was a soccer player. Oh, uh, right. And they literally had to force him to get the football in his really? hands and join him the right. uh, numbers are pretty tight in old Cobram so <laughs> <laughs> they, they got him out there and he's just a, a gun from day one look I can tell you that he's going to take time Gee, he I mean, looks no good one gets, already yeah no one gets nah, he looks good. their hands on the ball more than he does but mm-hmm. he just can't take the mark every single time mm. he's, he's getting a hand they're going to him a lot which is disturbing but I'm sure when Tom Hawkins is back this week it won't bloke. be the case yeah. maybe they should get the uh, full forward of the century from the country football legs down there and <laughs> get, him to, get him to show him how to take a, with the Dukes out I'll be happy to show him a few tips <laughs> just finishing up with the AFL boys a showdown and that Unbelievable. Was game, game, of game of the year, year or, oh, yeah. Or oh, yeah. I'd say so yeah. how good's Robbie Gray Great player. I, I know I've, I've said it for quite a few years now, often to uh, blank expressions in return, but he's dead set still in the top, I don't know, five or six players in the competition. He's an absolute jet. Are you still sticking with Port as your slider for this year? <laughs> or? Well, you know, still early days. Like this uh, really good footy expert that I that I know mentioned that you can't take anything until round ten. So okay. once, once round ten so happens, then I'm still going all right then. Round two and six. Yeah. yeah. Well, if uh, if North is uh, still up and about and Porter's still up and about at round ten, I may have to eat my words. Uh, to be fair to Adelaide, I mean that those injuries of Adelaide, yeah, Sloan, um, Tex Walker too. Now I read today, yeah. another yeah. not playing this week. So wow. yeah, they got him on a good night. And that last minute, how was that? Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. For those who missed it, um, we'll just relive it. Port had been, Adelaide had been winning for a lot of the first half, and then Port came back and were winning for a lot of the second half, and Adelaide fought back, got a goal to put him ahead with 30 seconds to go, Enter Port Adelaide, who Motlop. got the goal back. Stevie Motlop, straight out of the centre, got the goal. It was absolutely phenomenal. Do yourself a favour and watch the last two minutes if you haven't done it already. <laughs> how, how do you feel seeing the extra long man win the game for Port, <laughs> Nilo? He was a spud down there, and uh, he, he only played well in last year's finals. You used to have Motlop's number on the back of your jumper, didn't <laughs> oh, you? no doubt. I yeah. thought that was Riccardi. <laughs> He's got uh, a few Geelong jumpers. Changes now. every week. <laughs> now, boys, just one thing I wanted to bring up on a bit more of a serious note. This is also footy-related. Now, I've actually been reading about this just today, actually, on, on the news. Now, does the name Hannah Munsi, or I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right or wrong, but Hannah Mouncy mean anything to anyone in this room? No. Isn't that the transgender player? It yeah. is. It is. Now, this uh, young lady, as she is now, actually applied to play in the AFLW mm-hmm. yep. and the AFL 
knocked her back, declined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's now been given a license, or not a license, been given approval to play in the VFLW, so to speak, so the lower grade below mm-hmm. that. Um, what are your boys' thoughts on this? It's a lot of people saying that... Why is she being knocked back from... Uh, well, uh, basically because she's built like a brick shit house. Uh, and then, but then why is she accepted? Well, I'm not sure. They, they have come out and said she can play. What's the logic? The logic, well, I'm just reading a quote. They did discuss this the other night on Footy Classified. Yeah. Chris Judd actually wrote an article on it on The Age, and I was reading it. Now, he's very firmly that she should not be able to play against the other girls. Based on just a quote from the article, Judd has said, the level of testosterone that transgender women grow up with for 20-plus years as a male, in this uh, person's case, puts them at a very distinct advantage to put down muscle bulk and create power and strength that the other female athletes do not have or have the ability to have. So do we think she should be able to play in this league? Well, or Firstly, I'm surprised that Chris Judd can put an article together. But <laughs> no, uh, he's, he's pretty good, you know. I'm, I'm wondering why that uh, contradiction has occurred. Is this yeah. the same panel that uh, declined her on w- one platform? but Different leagues. Different leagues all She had to apply to the VFL and the VFL had a different panel. As far as I'm aware. Okay. Sorry, I heard about that testosterone point of view also, but I think it's a myth. Like, they did a study. There was also a transgender um, athlete in the United States, I think it was, that was attempting to play professional sport. Off the top of my head, I can't remember the exact scenario, but what I what I do remember is they actually did tests on their strength, on their testosterone mm-hmm. levels and, and so forth. And with the medication that uh, that particular person was taking, it actually wasn't true. Oh, I agree that it wouldn't be true currently, but I think Chris Judd was referring to the fact that mm. uh, she's had a chance to bulk up before transitioning, um, you know, put on muscle mass that, you know... You before don't- she... Well, when, when she was a man a couple of years ago, yeah. when you look at the photos, literally Brock Lesnar-like this person is really? so... I can see where Chris Judd's coming from, and I did say a poll they'd run on Fox Sports about this, if she should be allowed or not. From what I, I'm not sure if it was Fox Sports, but somewhere I saw a poll, it was 78% said no, she should not be allowed to play, and that she shouldn't be able to play against the other girls who don't have that advantage. Round the room, just yes or no? Neil, yes or no? I think no, and I think that it puts, especially with the other girls, it could actually put them in harm's way, to be honest. Possibly, yeah, possibly. No as well. I had a crack at Chris Judd only because he's an ex-Carlton player, but <laughs> I agree with him 100%. Damo, yes or no? I think I'll go with a yes, but only sort of my line of view is that they did a poll with the opponents, the potential opponents, and, and whether or not that would bother them or, or affect them and no, actually spoke to the other girls that play right. in the leagues and they weren't phased at all by it. Like they'd been educated on it and brought up to date on it and, and they didn't have an issue. So if they're the ones playing the game and, and they don't have an issue, yeah. then I don't have an issue. Oh, that's fair enough probably. Yeah. Nice. I think you might have swung me there, Damon. That was a very good point. Um, Can we go again? I'm going to change. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what they've come up with is playing in the VFL is a good solution. It's a Band-Aid solution, but at least they're going to get to test a theory. And I'll tell you what, I mean, come next Olympics and and Mm. Commonwealth Games, this is going to come a massive issue. So they better get it right. Yeah. It's true. I I believe, too, with the AFL ban, I think it's only 12 months and then um, she can reapply again. Liam, what was your point of view? It's it's a very tricky one, and it's murky waters, obviously, that we're getting into this, but I can honestly see where Chris Judd's coming from. If you have a look at the photos of the now young girl, you know, I can see where they'd be coming from thinking it's an unfair advantage. Like, mm. if you look at it another way, say if it was the other way around and it was a female transitioning into a, into a male and, you know, very feminine body type, and mm. she suddenly played in the AFL and was getting body slammed by Aaron Sanderlins or something. He could get killed. Who knows? So it's Nick Nat, he might Nick get a Nat, few, few more weeks off if he does that. I think. No, we wish her all the best, obviously. And you know, um, as as Damo said, maybe they'll revisit the rule in twelve months. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up anyway, Neil, because I've read about it today. It's something a little bit off topic mm. with footy anyway. But um, as you can see, like it was very mixed from all us, all our views. So you can understand why two different football leagues would probably find it hard to agree, Daniel. Well, yeah, no. Sure. I, I do like Damo's point of view, though. If, if the opponents aren't bothered, well, then... If they're being inclusive, I guess that's the main thing. So, well, yeah, I don't know. If she comes out and slams some people and causes some serious injuries, though, <laughs> obviously that'd be when it would the conversation would have to be rehad. I think. I think that's enough of that, boys. We'll move on. I can see that on the right there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> talking about transgender athletes, but anyway, we'll move it along now, boys, to NBA. The NBA. Yes. Nate's excited, and uh, and in particular the NBA playoffs yes. are massively yes. heating up. Very now. interesting. Even I've been interested. <laughs> you have been watching it. I've noticed. Neil's on board with the Eastern and Western Conference Finals now. Currently, the two series sit at N- Nilo. 
Yep, so I know that the Celtics are up 2-0 over the Cavs. Now, I have a question about this one, or it's more a statement, I should say. LeBron, he just can't carry an entire team for that long. Is that correct? <sighs> Gee whiz. On current evidence, it's uh, he hasn't got much help, mate. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, he, a 40-point triple-double yesterday, and they still couldn't win, like... I don't know what more he can do, but he's not getting much help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Great <laughs> minds, mate. <laughs> I was just looking at the stats. Uh, J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, George Hill, um, uh, Jordan Clarkson, all with previous teams, all averaged over 15 points. Yep. They're not mm-hmm. even getting a look in at yeah. the moment. It's all about LeBron James. And One-man yeah. team. You're Absolutely. right. Absolutely. I um I actually tweeted about that uh, just yesterday You're as right? well. Um, LeBron James, and now I'm going to be fighting in the opposite corner later on against Liam. <laughs> but when you look at it, uh, their final box score, the Cavs. Now, um, how much did they go down by uh, yesterday to the Celtics? About twelve points or something like that, off the top of They're my head. About to. Anywho, my point: LeBron James and Kevin Love between them played seventy three minutes. Right. Between them, hit sixty four points. Got 25 rebounds and 14 assists. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Now, the rest of the team, 161 minutes between them, 30 points as opposed to 64, 20 rebounds as opposed to 25, and four assists as, a po- as opposed to 14 assists. Wow. No wonder he wants to leave. <laughs> yeah, I'd be getting out of there if I were him as well, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And you look on the flip side, the team effort that Boston... Are doing. They are and a real team, aren't they, being the yeah, operative They work. are a team. Jason yep. Tatum, he's a contender for the Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. He, he was in the top three when they announced today. And yep. he is that of a rookie. you got Morris, Horford, uh, Jalen Brown, who's only been paying a couple of years as well. Jalen Brown, aren't, yeah. Yeah, they, these guys aren't all-stars. No, they're not. But Jalen Brown seems to be everybody's whipping boy. Uh, everyone thinks that he's no good. He's in his second season. And he, I think he's averaging like close to 20 points a game. 23 game one. Who's, yeah. the, who's the guy that plays at point guard for Boston? Terry Rosier. Mm-hmm. Scary Terry. Scary and Terry. He, uh, yesterday he had a pretty good game. Uh, 18 points, uh, six rebounds and two assists yesterday. So handy game from uh, Rosier as he, well. He's been serviceable like since Absolutely. Kyrie went down. Yep. So. How, do we, how do we see this series shaping up? Obviously, Boston have taken care of their home court. Which is the, the most important thing for me. The series now moves to Cleveland. Yep. Daniel? Uh, I think it's going to go back to Boston at 2-2. Uh, mm. So, wow. yeah, I think this is going to be a very, very close one. But I've just got this feeling about Boston. I don't know what it is, but I've just got this feeling good about a good one. Yeah, good I one. reckon they can actually they do, do it. it. Uh, the main difference, uh, like I said, uh, when I called them my winner, they're, they're not afraid of LeBron. Uh, the defense that they played on him in game one obviously didn't work too well in game two. Uh, was just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So, um, uh, they were tight on him. They uh, forced him into really, really poor shots late in the shot clock as well. So, they know how to play him. So, that could be down to what Kyrie's telling Coach Stevens as well. Who knows? I did actually watch the game yesterday. And, yes, LeBron was hitting a lot of the shots. But he was taking a lot of shots like fadeaways from the baseline, like from three-point land. And, yeah, he made him yesterday. But you'd think, I guess, on a seven-game series, there's going to be a couple of nights where he doesn't make those shots. Not even LeBron, And in, yeah. in game three or four, if that happens to occur, Celtics could pinch one. Yep. Question for you, Nate. I was going to ask now. Obviously, it's very well tipped that uh, LeBron will leave Cleveland at the end of the season. Do you think if he does leave, will they just completely blow up the roster? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I think they got uh, pick 10 in the lottery yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're going to set up for a bit of a rebuild. Man, it's going to be the best thing for Kevin Love to get out of there as well if yeah. he can somehow find He's a way. He's always been the scapegoat when things go bad there. Talk about whipping boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah. has just absolutely copped it. Yeah, yeah. But look, as I said last week, I think Boston will go all the way. And I think they will the beat finals? the Warriors as well. No, I the think whole they, way. Remember, I the said that last way. week. You did. Right. Wow, hey. you know, Brad Stevens is the best coach in the yep. NBA. Yep. Uh, with uh, Haywood and uh, Kyrie going down, what he's been able to produce out of that roster. Yep. Man, if you've ever had a good coach, anyone who's played competitive sports, you mm-hmm. know you'll go to the end of the earth for him. Yep. And I think he's got that respect. Mm. That's a very, very good call. And uh, yeah, look, look at the types of players that uh, he's actually uh, getting just the absolute best out of. So we've already spoken to uh, Scary Terry, Jalen Brown. Uh, but then you talk about the guys like uh, Marcus Morris, 
Uh, yep. Jason Tatum as well, we were saying, guys, uh, at the very least going to be third in the Rookie of the Year. Al Horford, well, a lot of people call him uh, uh, boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if boring's consistently getting 15 points, 10 rebounds, five-odd assists, then I'll take boring every day of the week. But mm, you've got point. your Marcus Smart. You've got Aaron Baines who's come to the party. It's, uh, uh, it's just a, uh, it's a team. It's a team, and it's, it's in complete contrast to what the Cavs are throwing out there with LeBron. Agree. Totally agree. It's Personally, I, I agree with you, Daniel. I think it'll probably go back 2-2 yep. to Boston. From there, it's anyone's game, Nathan. You know, I know you're saying Boston, but if it gets back to 2-2, would the pressure maybe get to a young Boston side, Daniel? Potentially. We no. haven't experienced it. No. I don't, no? I, I don't think it will. Um, again, Who's going to beat them? One man. It's exactly. It's just all going to come down to LeBron. That one man is something, Neil, as we're going to discuss very soon in our debate. <laughs> Despite the fact he may or may not be the greatest of all time, they're two down. They're under pressure now. No, they are under pressure. And if Boston can steal one, I mean... It's, it's over, it's, yeah. It's, it's over. If they can get to 3-1, yeah. Well, 3-1, LeBron has come back from 3-1, but... And one last stat as well about the Boston Celtics. Uh, they're the only team in the NBA playoffs with six players averaging double-figure points. So, that, mm-hmm. that speaks uh, true that. to their uh, team spirit. Hmm. Now, we'll switch gears, boys, to the Western Conference... Finals. Let's do it. It's currently 1-1, the Rockets and Golden State. Yep. Rockets, very impressive today, Nate, coming back after their um, yeah. game one loss. Yeah, they come out firing. They looked really different. I mean, their bench, um, Azra, PJ Tucker, uh, they all scored 15 points in the first half along with Harden. Exactly right. I think for me, if you just looked at the stats, purely looking at the stats on today's game, if you saw that James Harden and CP3 only scored 27 and 16 respectively, against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. If you just knew that stat, you'd probably think the Warriors have won by 20-plus. Yeah. Would you agree, Daniel, if you just knew that stat? Absolutely. As a team, we are talking about Boston, and yeah. uh, I think Houston actually just cracked the code. They need scorers from everywhere. Eric Gordon, 27. Tucker, 22. Yep. Ariza, 19. Only got five out of Capella as well. So the big three really had an off night. 27 is an off, is an off night for Harden. That's how good he's going. That was a huge win. Bleeds a bit of life back into the series, I'd Good say. On him. Yeah, you speak about everyone uh, hitting double figures for Houston. Have a look at uh, uh, Golden State's line. Mm-hmm. Durant again. Uh, look, one, one, one thing is, yeah, look, Durant had 38 points, Curry had 16, Clay ha- uh, Thompson had eight, and Green had six. Now, Thompson and Curry aren't going to have uh, nights where they combine for 24 points. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen for the rest of the season. So, Houston did have a couple that had off nights by their standards. Yeah. But you look at Curry and uh, Thompson, I don't think they're going to have nights this often. Yeah, I know you guys usually watch the game with the sound on. Yeah. Uh, uh, off. 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to watch it on today and uh, mm-hmm. Reggie Miller was commentating. He said Steph Curry's uh, injured. He's playing uh, unhealthy. Oh. Still the ankle? Yeah, well, potentially. They didn't say exactly what go. it was, but watch the space. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. What I'm enjoying is just as a neutral sort of... Um, observer. Pers- observer, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, is just seeing the uh, two underdogs getting a little bit of foot in there. Just, I'd love to see the uh, Cavs <laughs> and the Warriors go down, to be honest. Uh, Interesting. I want to see the Rockets and the Celtics get up. And the story of the day, and I told you I had a sixth man of the year for you. you that's did? Eric Gordon <laughs> last yes. year. He won six six man of the year. And people forget that this guy won the three-point contest last year. He's a, he was a member of 2010 Dream Team as well. Really? Everyone forgets that. Yeah, yeah so he's that. come from nowhere. Everyone's forgot about him. He scored 27 today and really uh, helped the Rockets bring it home. Now let's call it, boys. Very series good. prediction Yep. in this series. Warriors. In? Mm, six. Nice. I'd have to agree. Yeah. I'm sticking with the boys. I've been saying it for a while. I can't go <laughs> back now. Houston. I've said Houston for a while. The adopted team. For the playoffs. Yeah. I'll say Houston seven. But uh, <laughs> I, I just right. love to see the Warriors get knocked out. You went with your, you're going with your heart here, I reckon. But um, yeah. I probably am going with my heart. But look, it's really heating up now, the NBA playoffs. And uh, we'll definitely be following this very closely in the next few weeks. Now, we've come to the part of the show where we're going to have the great debate now. I'm going to be honest, this is being recorded afterwards. It got so heated and so great that we're going to have to put it in a new episode. So, what I'm going to do now is we're going to cut to the end of the episode. We'll finish up here. And in the next few days, you're going to hear the great debate in its entirety in a separate episode. So, stay tuned for that. Don't miss out. Let's have a look at what are we looking forward to uh, over the weekend. 
Well, definitely uh, Game 3 heading back to Cleveland on Sunday. I'll be definitely tuning in for that. I'll have to bump the uh, Sunday footy show for one week. But um, good to see how Brad Stevens and the Celtics prepare to try and um, steal that one game in Cleveland. Also, the footy. I think uh, there's some massive footy games this week. I think the doggies will upset Adelaide over there, so I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, very interesting. Uh, North versus GWS. That's going to be a cracker. And I'm going to put it out there, possible grand final preview, West Coast and Richmond. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was looking at that one as well. Summarised what I'm looking forward uh, to to a T. What about you, Liam? Uh, probably reliving and listening back to me kicking your ass in that debate for one. <laughs> but um, other than that, maybe Megan and Harry's Raw wedding just for something oh, different. Oh, oh, come on, man. <laughs> More up your alley. You haven't got Foxtel at the moment, have you? So that's probably no, going to yeah. be your only Channel option. Mate or something. No, we'll find something to watch. But uh, the Dodds aren't going too well, so we'll watch uh, Prince Charles walk Harry Tandy or something. The footy's actually been bumped. I did see that. It's been bumped off the main channel You're over to Seven Mate for the Raw wedding, no, Nilo. You're kidding. Wow. No. Nilo, what have you got on the uh, agenda? Well, I think you guys have stolen a lot of it, but I will say that I am actually going to watch the SNN game. I'm, I'm a bit of a masochist, but uh, I will watch it just <laughs> to see just to see how the cats are going, to be honest. So that's why I'll be watching it. My adopted team now, I've turned off the AFL for the year, and it's all about the cats. Very Beautiful. good. Beautiful. Damo, yourself? Uh, obviously the footy and uh, some good horse racing on the weekend, the um, Doombin Cup, but as well as the Goodwood Stakes over in South Australia. Uh, you bet classics has some good racing on which I'm sure I'll tune into. Bit tired, Damo. It's been a long night. I had to wake him up. <laughs> I had a bit of a nap there before, to be honest, boys. <laughs> it is getting a bit late. Yeah, before we go, we should mention next week we have a very, very special guest joining the show. Daniel, do you want to tell our listeners about that? Yes, my brother uh, Mario, our lifelong Liverpool, Essendon and uh, Boston Celtics tragic uh, will be joining us to preview the uh, UEFA Champions League final that Liverpool's uh, playing up against Real Madrid. Hopefully he's going to be happy about all three teams as well. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's got a bit going on at the moment, a bit in, uh, on his plate. So uh, two other Liverpool supporters in the room, so uh, it should be an interesting discussion. And for those who know Mario, Nilo, just a word of warning, you should have that dump buddy ready for next week <laughs> he's a very aggressive man Mario if you follow him on Twitter boy oh boy doesn't need a warning but uh, we're looking forward to getting him on to have a chat um, any final thoughts boys before we go no I think it'll summarise perfect uh, I'm a bit disappointed about the fact that uh, today's Thursday we have to wait till Sunday till game three in the playoffs of course that is and yeah just pretty much echoing Nathan uh, can't wait for that West Coast versus Richmond game on Sunday just one thing I know we don't usually venture into this sport fellas but I did see something in the news yesterday for all our rugby league fans. Cam Smith has hung up the boots for yeah, international did rugby say that. for yeah, saw that. Queensland and Australia. Now, you don't have to follow rugby league very closely to know what a superstar he's been for the Melbourne Storm. So, mm-hmm. congrats on a great career, boys. We'd all concur with that. Absolutely. For sure. 100%. I'm not unhappy to see him not playing for Queensland this year, though. I'm going to game one of the Origin Ooh. this year, and I'm a good New South Wales man. So, to <laughs> the fact that Cam Smith's not going to be running around for the Reds is brightened up my day a little bit. There Still have Billy, hopefully, won't we? Oh, well, why don't we ask Liam? <laughs> Liam's, a, Liam's a big Billy Slater fan. He's, he's, I think he follows him on uh, Twitter no, and on Facebook. I definitely don't. <laughs> but um, we'll pack it up for tonight, boys. It's been a long show, we do admit that. But uh, me and Daniel had to get that debate off our chest. So Very enjoyable. Thank you. Overall, do we think we're going to stick with that segment, boys? Are going to come back maybe next week or the week after? Probably in a proper structure. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> structure right. Possibly might have a timer out this time. I think the venom and passion was there. So that's the main thing. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. Have a great week and uh, I'll speak to you next week. Thank you. Mm-hmm.